On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla has released its latest quarterly vehicle safety report, and the numbers continue to trend in the desired direction. Plus, Canadian Tesla owners might have access to the FSD beta soon. Tesla addresses a critical heat pump issue affecting octo-valve-enabled cars and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey here with you for episode 338 of Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for January 23rd of 2022. To my left, Daisy the Boxer Puppy on lookout, waiting for my wife to get home from uh, from a little uh, evening out with a friend. So she's just keeping watch. And I am keeping watch over this week's Tesla news. As usual, there is plenty of it. I wanted to start the show by noting that, yes, full self-driving is now officially $12,000 if you go for the lump sum version. And if you're curious, and and by the way, don't take this as gospel just yet, given that it is only one person, but one Tesla owner uh, posted on Twitter this week, and this post kind of went viral, claiming that there was a $6,000 difference in trade-in value offered by Tesla on his two otherwise identical Model Ys, one with FSD, one without. So we'll see. I mean, if that's going to prove out accurate, then uh, then you, you know we've got a, it's a 6K trade-in value. You're getting about half of that from Tesla. Whether you agree or disagree with that is another matter because there's certainly plenty of debate to be had over that. I mean, yes, it's a used car, but it's also software, it's so there's there's sort of two sides to that discussion. But in any case, I also want to thank Mitch from Marin County, who calls in from time to time. He called in about this topic as well. Just wanted to shout him out as I'm mentioning this. Also, next week, next episode, number 339, will be the big Q4 earnings call recap and analysis episode. Those of you that have been listening for at least three months know that I do these with every Tesla earnings call or really any big Tesla event. And so uh, I'll tell you, I just submitted before I sat down to record the podcast, I just submitted my three questions, that's the limit, three, to say.com, which is where retail investors can go. I've just got, I've got a few shares in a retirement account, nothing that I'm doing any day trading with. So I'm at least eligible to, to submit questions. We'll see if any of them get upvoted enough to make it onto the call. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, all right, on with this week's news while we wait for the earnings call next week. First up, Tesla has released its quarterly vehicle safety report, this one covering Q4 of 2021. Tesla writes, Model S, Model X, and Model 3 have achieved the lowest overall probability of injury of any vehicle ever tested by the U.S. government's new car assessment program. Much of this has to do with the rigid fortified structure of the battery pack that is mounted to a car's floor, which provides a vehicle with exceptional strength, large crumple zones, and a uniquely low center of gravity. Because of their strength, Tesla's battery packs rarely incur serious damage in accidents. And in the extremely unlikely event that a fire occurs, 
the state-of-the-art design of our battery packs ensures that its safety system works as intended and isolates a fire to select areas within the battery while simultaneously venting heat away from the passenger cabin and the vehicle. While no car can prevent all accidents, we work every day to try and make them much less likely to occur. And with that setup, we go to the Q4 2021 vehicle safety numbers, where Tesla says, we recorded one crash for every 4.31 million miles driven in which drivers were using autopilot technology. For drivers who were not using autopilot technology, we recorded one crash for every 1.59 million miles driven. By comparison, the NHTSA's most recent data shows that in the United States, there is an automobile crash every 484,000 miles. Note, seasonality can affect crash rates from quarter to quarter, particularly in quarters where reduced daylight and inclement or wintry weather conditions are more common. To minimize seasonality as a variable, compare a quarter to the same quarter in prior years. So, okay, Tesla, I'm going to take you up on that and let's take a look at Q4 of 2020, which was one accident for every 3.45 million miles driven on autopilot. So that's quite a difference. That's 3.45, one every 3.45 million in 2020 Q4 versus the just completed Q4 2021, 4.31. So that is a, that is a nice difference. For those driving without autopilot, but with our active safety features, we registered one accident for every 2.05 million miles driven. This is again, back to Q4 of 2020, which interestingly is better than the Q4 2021 number. So it strangely went the other way there a bit. And then they note for those driving without autopilot and without our safety features, we registered one accident for every 1.27 million miles driven. This is uh, better than in 2021 than 2020 there. So good, so better, worse, and better. Uh, and by comparison, it's the same metric. NHTSA's most recent crash data shows in the U.S. There's an autom automobile crash every 484,000 miles. So apples to apples. As always, though, the flavor of autopilot matters here. Was the accident registered on city streets where the cars can now use auto steer? of course, without making turns at this point, with the car recognizing and responding to stoplights and stop signs? Or did an accident occur on the highway where traffic is, generally speaking, more consistently moving? So those, I think, are important bits of context that we're not getting here. But still, these numbers are very good. And for added context, and I know I say this every time I talk about this updated report, but I think it does matter. The fleet, the entire Tesla fleet, the number of cars in this sample gets quite a bit larger every single quarter as well, let alone every single year when we're looking year over year. There were upwards of three quarters of a million Teslas added to the fleet between Q4 2020 and Q4 2021. So to see the autopilot crash data get better in that time, I think is really, really impressive. Next up this week, this one's for Canadian listeners, especially 
Elon Musk has given an update on when those of you north of the US should expect to get access to the FSD beta after, of course, you do the safety score dance. You're doing the safety score dance. I'm trademarking that, by the way. (laughs) Anyway, to get back to a serious note, this came in response to Ride the Lightning listener Noah Webb, and Elon tweeted back at Noah, we will start rolling out FSD beta in Canada cautiously in the next two to four weeks. So if that actually does hold, I think that would be kind of bold because it'd still be in the middle of Canadian winter. Now, granted, not everywhere in Canada has a serious winter. Shout out to my Vancouver listeners out here on the West Coast. But still, the anecdotal community reports I've seen have suggested that here in the United States, the FSD beta still has a long way to go in when being used in winter conditions, which, by the way, makes sense. I mean, the winter conditions make it much harder for a human. So it's going to also, it's going to make it harder for man or machine in this case. But, you know, that might precisely be the point of rolling it out in Canada still in the middle of winter, you know, sometime in February. Again, if if Elon's timeline holds there. But regardless, want to make it clear, uh, I mean, this is this will be made clear to anybody that gets the beta because the the text messages on your screen in the card that you have to agree to in order to enable the FSD beta will make this abundantly clear. But just just to just to say it out loud, a great deal of caution is going to be required to, to operate this thing in the winter, though I have to say, I'm sure that those of you who are Canadians listening to me are so used to driving very cautiously in the wintertime uh, after, I mean, <laughs> the fact is, probably nobody has to remind you guys to say, put winter tires on your cars. You just know that that's part of the routine and you've got to do that for safety. So I'm confident that those of you in Canada who elect to, to do the safety score dance and get the beta, You'll have fun, and uh, you'll do so carefully. And Tesla will get some very useful, very rich training data out of Canada for those neural nets. So here's hoping that one-month window that Elon gave actually holds. We'll keep an eye on this. Speaking of, uh, well, of course, Elon, Drive Tesla Canada asked Elon about an issue that's been unfortunately, very rapidly and seriously bubbling up in the community lately. And Drive Tesla Canada tweeted, can we please get an official comment about the heat pump issues? It is clearly impacting a lot of cars and the fixes that the Tesla team, software and service, have tried so far haven't worked. Some clarity and transparency would go a long way with owners. Thanks. And Elon did respond to this, saying, quote, fixing this is a high priority. Firmware fix to recalibrate heat pump expansion valve is rolling out now. So if you're unaware of this, if you're not in a particularly cold weather region and or you don't have an octovalve enabled car, it seems that the octovalve has unfortunately been suffering from some serious issues in extreme cold. Now, the octovalve started going into the Model 3 and the Model Y a little over a year ago. So if, 
and this is a big if, there ends up needing to be any sort of hardware recall or fix that needs to be done, a physical fix requiring an in-person visit from, you know, uh, this, meaning either you take your car to the service center or a mobile service comes out to you, it is going to be a lot of cars. Basically, everything made last year or upwards of a million cars. That's, it's going to be a lot. So I bring that up because NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, is now looking at this as well. This comes via Teslarati who writes, recent complaints regarding Tesla's heating, ventilation, and air conditioning systems have prompted the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration to discuss the feature with the automaker. Transport Canada this past week launched an assessment into the issues after 16 complaints on their side of the border. Meanwhile, Transport Canada opened an issue assessment investigation following those 16 complaints, who stated that their uh, Tesla Model 3 and Model Y HVAC systems, including the heat pump, were not operating correctly in extreme cold weather. The agency told Teslarati that concerns were mostly related to a vehicle's potential difficulty with defogging and defrosting the windshield, which could affect driver visibility. The investigation is not a recall, according to the agency. And following reports that Transport Canada uh, launched that, NHTSA has also launched a probe into the issues. NHTSA told Teslarati in a statement, quote, NHTSA is aware of the issue and is continuing to gather information, discuss the issue with Tesla, and evaluate potential safety concerns. Well, hopefully, firmware does the trick here because it's just not going to be good for Tesla, but it's especially not going to be good for customers if this ends up needing to be a hardware fix or uh, recall replacement of some kind. And by that, I mean it's it's worse for customers because that means if you're a customer, you're going to have to wait to get scheduled for service in the middle of winter as this issue rages on and not everyone lives near a service center. And the, the fact is not everything can be fixed via an over-the-air software update. And a lot of things can, that's the good news. And so fingers crossed that maybe, just maybe, these firmware fixes that Tesla has been pushing will do the trick. Now, while we're on the subject of NHTSA, their safety advisor, Dr. Mary Missy Cummings, she goes by Missy, has been ordered to recuse herself from any matters relating to Tesla. Now, I haven't talked about this person on the podcast before because, quite frankly, I just don't like to get into the mudslinging and the the sort of, you know, the verbal, the back and forth that can go on online. I try to focus on the actual news, the concrete things that matter in the Tesla community that I think are most important for you to hear about. But this story now, this this has, uh, so, so I guess that is a preface to say, that is saying this is something that the community has been noticing and pointing out for a bit now. And, I, and now I'm bringing it up because NHTSA is doing something about it. This story comes via Drive Tesla Canada, another hat tip to them, who reports... Cummings was appointed into the safety advisor role by the Biden administration last year 
after having worked as an engineer and computer science professor at Duke University's Humans and Autonomy Lab. Prior to the appointment, and here's where the Tesla part comes in, Cummings was a vocal critic of Tesla's approach to autonomy and full self-driving. She used to voice those concerns on Twitter, frequently bashing the company and its CEO, Elon Musk, until deleting her account late last year. It gets better. Cummings was also serving on the board of directors and receiving a $400,000 salary from Vioneer, a company that specializes in developing and manufacturing, you guessed it, Advanced Driver Assistance Systems, aka ADAS, if you've seen the term. The company focused their efforts on, you guessed it again, LiDAR, a technology which Musk has said has no future in autonomous driving. That bias and perceived conflict of interest led to a petition on change.org asking for Cummings' appointment to be rescinded. Although it is unclear if the petition, which received tens of thousands of signatures, had any impact, a source familiar with the matter told the Wall Street Journal that the agency has ordered Dr. Cummings to recuse herself from any matters relating to Tesla. The private order was later confirmed by a U.S. Department of Transportation spokesperson. Uh, you have to hear these tweets, by the way. Just to, if you think like, because again, I admit I am a Tesla fanboy. I try to keep it very down the middle as much as I can, but I'm an enthusiast. I'm, you know, I wouldn't be doing a weekly Tesla podcast otherwise, but I'm also a journalist by tra- a degree holding, actively practicing journalist by trade. So I'm hardwired to try and, you know, be fair. And so uh, that's why I waited for to, to report this to you because, you know, it was sort of hearsay is not the right word, but Anyway, now that that NHTSA has actually taken action on this and decided that, yes, Dr. Cummings does not belong in any Tesla matters as they pertain to NHTSA, that, I think, is extremely noteworthy. And again, just to drill down, just to to really show you the the bias here and the reason that Dr. Cummings was, uh, you know, effectively verbally reprimanded here in order to recuse herself— the tweets are, of course, saved because you can delete tweets, but somebody's always going to screen grab them and they're never going to go away. Uh, so the, there, we've got one from 2017 that Drive Tesla Canada has has uh, clipped out and pasted in their piece. One from 2019 and one from 2020. So this is not a this is a long term deal for Dr. Cummings. So in uh, tw- I guess let's just start in 2017, shall we? Obviously, long before she had anything to do with NHTSA. 2017, uh, she quote tweets a, 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 a Wired story, or I don't know, she just quote tweets somebody talking about, about uh, self-driving. And she says, it's hypocrisy run amok when Elon Musk calls for a ban on killer AI and robots when his Tesla is the only AI-embedded car killing people. All right. Next tweet, 2019. I have driven several Teslas. Autopilot easily causes mode confusion, is unreliable and unsafe. NHTSA recalls should require Tesla to turn it off. Again, bear in mind, 
that she's got a 400k per year payday from a lidar company. And then the final tweet here that's uh, been excerpted by Drive Tesla Canada from 2020. Again, still preceding her NHTSA appointment. Uh, she says, uh, LMAO, which most of you probably know what that's an abbreviation for. It's laughing my A off. There is no way, in all caps, Tesla will have a viable robo-taxi service this year. Uh, I guess she was right on that one. But she, <laughs> my lab has been running controlled experiments on Tesla Autopilot, and I can say with certainty that they are not even close to being ready. My student on this project should get hazardous duty pay. So again, and she, by the way, she was quote tweeting the Twitter account Tesla Charts, which is if you're plugged into that world, and I, I don't advise it. The the whole uh, <laughs> the Tesla Q community, which is the the section of people online that are uh, actively wanting and and uh, in some cases actively trying to drive the stock price down. Uh, ultimately, their goal is to drive it to zero. Tesla Q, Q in, in indicates bankruptcy. Anyway, she's quote tweeting Tesla charts, which is a, a notorious Tesla Q account. So it's just repeated examples over uh, many years that this person has a clear and obvious bias against Tesla. And that's without the $400,000 salary from the LiDAR company. When you throw that into the mix, it's no wonder that she was asked to recuse herself on any matters pertaining to Tesla. Uh, and again, that her the tweets have been deleted, her account was been deleted, but the internet never forgets. So I think uh, you can decide for yourself if those tweets sound like those of a fair and balanced person, which is what she's supposed to be in working for what is, I remind you, a nonpartisan agency. So uh, there you go. But I'll say good on NHTSA for doing the right thing here because, again, <laughs> the tweets speak for themselves. The the uh, ties to the LiDAR companies speak for themselves. Now, she is perfectly entitled to, as, as the kids say, secure the bag. But she can't do that at a LiDAR company and realistically appear to be impartial in her role in evaluating any matters pertaining to Tesla while at NHTSA. So glad to see NHTSA do that. Uh, let's move on to happier topics, shall we? Next up this week, none other than Swedish supercar automaker Koenigsegg is making aftermarket parts for Teslas. Thank you to listener Nadav, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, for sending this in uh, from Motor Trend. And Motor Trend writes, a new lineup of carbon parts, carbon fiber parts, from unplugged performance bring more than an extra dash of splash. They're manufactured by none other than Koenigsegg. Yes, that Koenigsegg, the hypercar manufacturer behind crazed top speed runs and exotic internal combustion engine technologies. This collaboration between unplugged performance and Koenigsegg, dug, uh, dubbed up times CAM, K-A-M, uh, in reference to Koenigsegg Advanced Manufacturing, kicks off with carbon fiber spoilers for the Model 3, Model Y, Model S, and Model X, 
as well as wider front fenders and a high downforce spoiler for the Model 3 specifically. More parts are promised later this year. The regular spoilers for the Model 3 and Model Y, uh, these are again, these are the Koenigsegg ones, run $1,745 a piece and are claimed to aid each vehicle's aero efficiency. The long tail spoilers for the S and X cost a cool $2,495. And no, that's not $24, it's $2,495. And those wider Ascension R front fenders for the Model 3, those are listed at $8,845. Unplugged Performance also claims the fenders, when used in collaboration with other Ascension R front end parts, help with downforce. And I have to say, uh, you know, even though I'm not personally in the market for any of this stuff, it's, I think this is pretty cool. I mean, if you, I, this jogged my memory. I had to go look it up and, and confirmed. Koenigsegg's founder, Christian von Koenigsegg, has more than once spoken very kindly of Tesla in the past. And more than that, he hasn't just spoken kindly of them. He's walking the walk. Christian von Koenigsegg's daily driver is a Model 3. He told Road and Track uh, a year or two ago, quote, it's the best contemporary normal, in quotes, daily driver around. So that's pretty cool of him to say that. So knowing that, that he daily drives a Tesla, it's not a huge surprise that they're doing this. Now, what's more fun about this story to me I mean, the the Koenigsegg thing is cool. I mean, that's just, that's awesome to see another automaker actually get, you know, getting involved with Tesla in in their own way. I think that's great. But for me, I just think it's so awesome for unplugged performance. Now, I don't know any of those guys personally. I've, I've yet to have the pleasure of meeting any of them, but I'm certainly very familiar with them. I've only ever heard great things about them and about their products. And if that name sounds familiar, by the way, Unplugged Performance, it's because I've mentioned them on the podcast before as the folks who team up with our friend, friend of the podcast, all-world driver Randy Popes, who I've interviewed here, to do the Pikes Peak races every year. They just, the most recent time I talked about it, the one, the one they did last year, was, uh, I guess it would have been in late June, right? Because it, it was right after the Plaid came out. They did Pike's Peak with a modified Model S Plaid and crushed it. The, not the car, the, the track, the race course, <laughs> just to clarify. Um, but anyway, unplugged performance. I, I, think, I just think it's great. They're a small startup who, I mean, they started doing what they do because they love Tesla. And that's something that, you know, somebody who's doing a Tesla podcast in his free time every single week, that's something I can very much relate to. And 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 more to the f- fact here, uh, this collaboration with Koenigsegg is not only going to bring unplugged performance more immediate business and probably future business as well, but I think it also very much legitimizes them as well. And that's that's not to say in any way that they weren't legitimate before, but it will only add to that in their in the in the industry. And I think it could even go so far as to position unplugged performance as a leader in what is inevitably going to be a very fast-growing 
aftermarket performance EV accessory space. No doubt. There's no doubt in my mind. So uh, I don't know if any of the folks at Unplugged Performance listen to this podcast, but whether you do or not, I want to say right here, right now, congratulations to you guys. And that must have been a really fun phone call to have had uh, when you secured that deal. I don't know if Christian von Koenigsegg was on the call himself or if it was other folks from the company, but that still, that when, when, they, when the unplugged performance guys hung up the call on that one, that, that must have been a really good feeling and a really, really good day. So great stuff. And if, yeah, if you're looking to, to do a little performance-minded modification to your Tesla, check out Unplugged Performance and the uh, Koenigsegg collab, as the kids say. Finally this week, Tesla Insurance has officially gone live in two more states, Arizona and Ohio becoming the fourth and fifth states, respectively, to have access to the company's in-house coverage program. One more time from Tesla Roddy, who sums it up by saying, Tesla officially confirmed that its insurance program uh, was officially active in Arizona and Ohio by adding the two states to the insurance webpage on its website. Arizona and Ohio officially joined California, Texas, and Illinois as the other states to offer the in-house program. And really, I have to say, I don't have much to add on this one, except if you are listening to me as an Arizona or Ohio resident, take a look on the website. Just have a look over there. I mean, it's it's worth doing a little comparison shopping. And although just a quick pro tip for you when you do, make sure that you're comparing apples to apples. Because I, I experienced this myself when it first launched, you know, it was, it was available here in California first, I took a look at it. Uh, double check your policy now. And when you go on the Tesla insurance website to get a quote, make sure you're putting in all of the same coverage levels, all of the same deductibles on the Tesla insurance site. Again, because then you'll be getting an apples to apples quote and you'll really get a, a perfect comparison between what Tesla insurance is offering you and what your current insurance company is offering you. And hopefully... Tesla insurance will end up being a good option for some of you. All right, that is everything happening in the world of Tesla news this week. But stay with me. There's plenty of podcasts left because there are plenty of your excellent phone calls queued up and ready to go in the Ride the Lightning hotline coming up right after this. The second half of the podcast means it's time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It is your chance to call in and be featured here on the podcast with your Tesla question, comment, or discussion topic. If you'd like to call in, there are two very easy ways you can do that. You can either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. And then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can take that same 90 second or less call and just actually call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline itself. It is a toll-free number that you can call anytime you like, and that number is 
888-989-8752. Again, that's one 989 tsla And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let me kick it off here with Patrick from North Carolina. Hey, Ryan, this is Patrick from North Carolina. Um, I have a Model Y performance on order that's supposed to be delivered really any time now in the next couple of weeks. Um, one question I had, I'm thinking of doing the FSD beta using the FSD subscription model. Um, but I was wondering, can I sign up for the beta before I sign up for the subscription so I'm not paying for the uh, full self-driving until I get the beta acceptance? Or do I have to have the subscription before I can request the beta? Uh, thanks. Love the podcast and uh, hope to get an answer. See ya. Patrick, this is an excellent question. And I confess I don't 100% know the answer. To the best of my knowledge, I am pretty sure that you do have to have the FSD package in some form, either from buying it outright or doing the monthly subscription in order to even participate in the safety score program and potentially get the beta. I do understand the distinction you're asking about, though, which I realize isn't quite the same thing, but I do think you've got to have FSD actively on your account in order to make any go of it. I would be happy to be corrected on this by anybody out there listening if I'm not accurate on that, because of course, I always wanna be providing the most accurate information I can. Uh, Also, for what it's worth as of this recording, very few people out there seem to be getting admitted to the beta right now. Uh, It hasn't outright stopped. It did seem to have outright stopped for a couple of weeks, Uh, And from what I see in the community now, it's just more of a trickle than a steady flow of new people. I mention that just to set your expectations. In in other words, to say that you're not guaranteed to get into the beta, even if you get your Model Y and get a sustained safety score of 99 or 100. But that could change at any moment, perhaps even with 10.9 that's just uh, been starting to roll out this week. Although as of the recording, I and a number of other of the FSD beta testers still have not received 10.9, so we'll see. But anyway, the point is not that. The point is to say that the you know they could open the floodgates at any point or just start admitting a good number of more people, You know whether that's with 10.9 or with the big beta 11 coming up soon. That could be a catalyst for Tesla to invite a bunch more people into the program. So just to just to set your, your mind there, set your expectations. I hope that helps. And congratulations on your imminent Model Y delivery. Next up is Darren from Roanoke. Hey, Ryan, this is Darren from Roanoke. Uh, <clears throat> I wanted to get confirmation uh, from other Tesla owners of what's happening to my car is normal. This happens pretty often, but only when the battery is between 50 and 70% state of charge. It will jump up or jump down in the few hours it is left alone. So I'll park it with about 69%, then a few hours later it'll be 65%, and then a few hours after that, or maybe sometimes even the next day, it will jump back up. 
and I will have regained the 3 or 4% that I had quote-unquote lost before. Uh, this is without sentry mode or HVAC running in 60, per 60 degree te exterior temperature. I've tried many times going down to 10% and then charging it up to 90% to try to recalibrate the battery, but it still continues. Uh, I only ask because I've never seen anybody else talk about this on the forums or on the podcast, so I just wanted to make sure I'm not the only one. Um, I've had my Model 3 for about three and a half years now, so I assume that this is normal because it's been happening pretty much since I got the car. So maybe this is a good thing for new owners to be aware of. But anyway, thanks for your time and everything else. I appreciate it. Darren, I also have not heard about this, and it definitely doesn't sound like desired behavior from the car, or for that matter, normal behavior. And with your car at the age it is, it won't be under warranty for too much longer, though hopefully this would fall under the eight-year battery warranty, even if it proves to be a software or battery management issue. Thus, I'd go ahead and request a service appointment. Hopefully you won't actually need to bring your car in and inconvenience yourself. Hopefully they can look at, diagnose, and maybe even resolve this remotely. Good luck to you, and thanks as always for your calls. Next is Daniel from Chico, California. Hi, Ryan. This is Daniel from Chico, California. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. I was uh, just hearing on your podcast uh, that Tesla, uh, Elon, plans to have level four autonomy uh, coming up in the next year. Um, but at last I checked, they were still on level two autonomy. Do you have any thoughts on jumping two to four or if we'll hit three in the middle? Uh, be great to hear what your thoughts are on this. Thanks. Bye. Good question here, Daniel. Uh, in short, yes, I think there's a high probability that we are going to need to proceed to level three in order to confidently reach level four. And level three, for those folks who are wondering, I, I do confess I had to look this up myself as a refresher just to make sure. Level three means that drivers can take their hands off the wheel and eyes off the road, but in certain situations, typically freeway. In short, uh, I think it would probably look a lot like it does right now, but without the constant check-in to apply that slight turning force to the steering wheel. Uh, I'll tell you, I look forward to that day. That will be a nice step forward that'll be uh, make trips even, even better than they already are, road tripping in the Tesla. Thank you for taking the time to call in, Daniel. And next up, Jonathan from Atlanta. Hey, Ryan, Jonathan from Atlanta. Um, just let me know, Colin. Um, I also uh, emailed uh, one of the uh, writers for Teslarati regarding this backup camera issue. Uh, the fact that they're, they're stating there's no crashes related to the backup camera is kind of false. Um, I'd been having some intermittent camera issues for quite some time, thinking that it was just one of those bugs from an update but notice that when I opened and closed my trunk, the camera would cut off about halfway as I closed my trunk. And I get into my trunk quite often because uh, I'm a home health physical therapist, so my treatment bag is in my trunk. So every time I go to a patient's house, i got to get my treatment bag out. So I'm one that opens the trunk and closes it quite frequently. Um, but, you know, as a consequence, I was in, I was backing out of a parking space at Publix 
uh, grocery store, uh, probably three weeks ago and the camera glitched again. And I unfortunately backed into somebody, um, it was a car and they ended up, it was a beat up pickup truck and it was no big deal, but, um, I did get into an accident because of the backup camera issue. Um, so I, Reached out to Tesla, um, and they haven't gotten back with me yet. I've got a service appointment to replace the bumper. Um, I was going to do it myself, but anyway, I'm just going to have them do it. Hopefully, they won't charge me labor. But um, anyway, just hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're you're one of those that tends to be real with Tesla, and um, I'm totally Tesla fanboy, own stock, everything, and was just I was happy for the recall um, as a Tesla owner and and wanting to get the camera fixed, but. Anyway, I um, just wanted to kind of give you guys an, give you an all, all an update uh, that there has been, unfortunately, at least with me, uh, a crash that happened as a result of the glitchy camera. But, uh, but anyway, keep up the good podcast, and I hope Tesla does does right, continues to do right by their customers. Jonathan, I am very sorry to hear this, and it sounds like your incident is pretty directly connected to the recall about this. Most importantly, I am glad you're okay. Glad nobody is injured. And it sounds like it was relatively minor in at the end of the thing, but still, it seemingly should not have happened if your backup camera was functioning properly. I hope you're able to get your car back, if indeed it's in the body shop right now. I hope you're able to get it back soon. Thank you very much for calling in to let me know about this, because again, we got to, like I was talking about earlier in the podcast, it's important to take the good and the bad. We can be optimistic, we can be enthusiastic, but... Uh, stuff like this is important to note as well so that we can learn from it and Tesla can learn from it as well. Next caller is Fred from Plymouth, Minnesota. Hi, Ryan. Greetings and wishes of good health to you and your family, including Daisy, in the coming year. This is Fred from Plymouth, Minnesota. Still waiting for my Model Y 2.0. First, I would like to say that coming from a cold climate, Your criticisms of V11 are similar to my own. I have an idea that could change your prediction about the future of the cyber quad. I wonder why Tesla would decide to build the ATV in-house. They do not build other Tesla toys in-house. And a cyber quad is just a toy for big boys and big girls. I'm not sure how building the ATV in-house would help further the company's mission and how it would be an efficient use of personnel and space. It just makes sense that Tesla would license the name, design, and specs to a dedicated ATV company. This would mean the ATV could come to market sooner, have greater sales potential, and more quickly reduce ATV pollution, both noise and CO2. It's just an idea. Thanks for all you do for the Tesla community. Fred, thank you for the kind words. And I have to say, uh, you make a great point that I had not considered with regard to the CyberQuad. I think you may very well be onto something there. It would make a lot of sense for Tesla to outsource that project to a company who does ATVs all day, every day, for all the good reasons that you mentioned. And, and by the way, I hope you end up being correct so that even the earliest Cybertruck buyers can hopefully get themselves a matching Cyberquad to load into the bed of their truck if they desire one. So cheers to you. Thank you so much for your call. And I'll go next to Curtis from Colorado Springs. Hi, Ryan. My name is Curtis from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, I'm just going to come quick updates here, or update, sorry, uh, 
comment on the 4680 and your uh, thoughts on which cars might get it for there. A comment I have is that the battery day update, I do remember there was a plan, there was a game plan, playbook, or whatever you want to call it, presented on the screen there that showed the 4680 specifically saying the M3 is not going to get that sell and only the higher end items such as the Model Ys and above uh, for it. That may not be exactly like that, but I do remember that it had a game plan of which vehicles in their uh, current lineup were going to be receiving the 4680 uh, for there. Next one I have is a comment I would have my own opinion on uh, the Cybershark pricing and release. Unfortunately, even though I do have a order for it, I am fairly bearish on it. I am afraid that my dual motor pricing is probably going to get to about 75, 80. Uh, tri motor is going to get higher than that, and then and so on and so forth. Uh, for it, I don't currently don't believe any release is going to happen probably until 2023, like mid 2023 or late 2023, uh, before I'm going to see anything. Even though I have an early reservation. Are there. Uh, also, as well, your comments on if you think the, maybe the Fremont uh, Model Y line will shut down uh, after the offset gain speed, even if it's only just temporary uh, for there. So, all right. Thank you very much. All right. A lot of topics here, Curtis, so let's jump right in. Thank you for your call. With regard to the Model 3 having a different battery than the Model Y, it does make sense and it doesn't. On the one hand, they're fundamentally the same car, sharing the same platform. So it would be weird to me to leave the three on the 2170 cells. Then again, they're not going to be the same platform really once the Y switches to the single casting front and rear. So I don't know. I mean, it feels like Model 3 is in a kind of weird technology limbo if indeed Tesla doesn't switch it over to the 40, uh, 4680 cells. We'll see what happens there. That was actually, you know, I talked at the top of the show about the uh, questions that I submitted to the say.com voter thing for the earnings call next week. That was one of the questions I asked was about whether or not the Model 3 is planned to switch over to the new cell. So we'll see. Uh, and your comment on the Cybertruck I have heard from a number of disappointed folks who share your same sentiment that they fear they might now be priced out of this truck. I mean, that would be a shame if that turns out to be the case. I mean, if I picture that happening to me with the Model 3 after I'd saved up for it and waited for it for so long, it, it would have it crushed me. I mean, you know, hashtag first world problems, right? It, you know, I'm speaking relatively here. Uh, but it, I mean, it would have definitely been a uh, made me, you know, really disappointed. So here's hoping that doesn't end up being the case for Cybertruck reservation holders. And and finally, uh, you are right about Fremont. It's going to have to stop down and pause to retool the Model Y lines there after Texas spins up. The question is when. I mean, Elon has said that the full ramp up of production for Texas and Berlin as well, but we're talking about Texas here, the full ramp up uh, might take a year. So I do wonder when Tesla will just rip that Band-Aid off with Fremont and get them converted over 
to the 4680s. Will they bite the bullet and go ahead and pause that Fremont line for a couple weeks sooner rather than later so that both Fremont and Texas are spitting out Model Y 2.0s and that that and thus anybody in the United States who orders a Model Y is going to get the same Model Y that anybody else gets or Will Tesla just stick with the 2170 cells in Fremont for the foreseeable future as the Model Y wait times for ordering and delivering continue to get longer as demand keeps growing? I mean, it's a good problem to have if you're Tesla, but it is a problem nevertheless. I am eager to see which solution they choose to go after. If we're lucky, we'll hear more about this on the earnings call and the product roadmap update on next week's episode. Next up is Michael from Milbray has his own additional predictions on top of mine for 2022. Hey Ryan, Michael from Milbray. I love your annual predictions show, but I was wondering if you might be, if you might consider untethering yourself from the sexy cars framework. Uh, There's a few things that it seems would be nice to get predictions on that don't quite fit, such as the new model. Might we see something something new this year, uh, maybe an update on the Tesla bot. Um, what about FSD progress or hardware four? Um, any other new software features that we might see this year? Um, other stuff that are probably a little bit less interesting for you would be Powerwall three, solar improvements, annual production, tax credit. And it would be cool to see um, an additional set of predictions that you could go back and look at every year. Um, Just a thought. All right. Take care. Bye. You know, Michael, you're right. This was probably the last year for that format. I'm going to have to add in some more stuff for next time. But, you know, at least I did sneak in that bonus Gigafactory prediction, at least. We'll see if I end up being right about that one. Uh, Thank you, as always, for your calls. And let's see. Next up is Cecil in Miami. Hey, Ryan. Uh been with you since like the third episode Cecil here in uh, uh, Miami Uh, got that new update for Christmas very nice lots of cute toys Uh, the blind spot monitoring definitely a big plus Uh, but still one major thing left out from all these updates I've had a a Tesla Model 3 since May of 2018 and I still cannot see any telematics on any of the sentry mode recordings would be really great for showing up to court been victim of police abuse a couple of times and i have the video but doesn't say date no time no speed no gps coordinates that's a big glaring omission that is in 99 dollar uh webcams still wanting to find out where that is what do you think are we ever going to get that Sorry if I ran over the 90 seconds. Bye. Cecil, great to hear from you. And thank you for listening to the podcast for all these years. Uh, I couldn't possibly agree with your call more. Blackview and other dash cams include the things you're talking about. A timestamp, the location, the speed of the car, etc. And it can be really helpful. I mean, I suppose the timestamp is the only thing that's currently there, but theoretically it's totally possible, I would think, that everything else that you mentioned could be added to it as well. I mean, I know, we all know, we know that sentry mode was basically a hack. 
I mean, it wasn't part of the original design of any of the four Tesla vehicles. It was added later uh, after the camera system, you know, the surround camera system was. And it's great to have, don't get me wrong, but I agree that it would help a lot of people out if Tesla could add that additional information onto those recordings. Here's hoping that the right folks at the company might hear your call here on the podcast and uh, hopefully my ringing endorsement for whatever that may or may not be worth would help as well. Safe travels to you. Brian from Northern Virginia is up next. Go ahead, Brian. Thanks, Brian. This is Brian from Northern Virginia with a very timely question, the issue for discussion perhaps on the show. This past week, we had a major snowstorm and a significant portion of I-95 up the east coast from roughly uh, uh, Richmond up to the D.C. border, Fredericksburg anyway, to the D.C. border was totally locked in a traffic jam for 27 hours. People were trapped on the highway in the snow, unable to move anywhere. Uh, people ran out of gas and ran out of food, et cetera. You can imagine 27 hours stuck out, and, and it was cold. It was snowing and so forth. My question is, there had to be some Teslas in there because we have a lot of Teslas in this part of the world. So I'm wondering, how do you economize when you're stuck in a situation like that? Can you run the heater consistently the whole time? We have a powerful battery there, and if we're not driving, that battery will last a long time. But what is the uh, what, what's the answer? How do people survive a situation like that? Obviously, it depends some on what your charge state was when you got caught in the traffic jam. But anyway, I'd be interested to know. Some people on Tesla Motors Club are suggesting that you lose perhaps one mile per hour or as much as two or three miles per hour by running the heat in cold weather when you're not driving. Look forward to your discussion of this subject, Brian. Brian, thank you for your call. The first thing I was going to say was one of the last things that you ended up mentioning, that the duration of your Tesla's state of operation is heavily dependent on your state of charge. Uh, Hopefully, in winter weather along an interstate, most of the affected Tesla drivers started their trip with a high state of charge. But if there's a supercharger somewhat near where that shutdown happened, it's certainly possible that there were Tesla drivers in that traffic jam that were at a fairly low battery level trying to get to that supercharger. Uh, To answer your primary question, though, camp mode would be what you'd want to use, and that uses about 1% of juice per hour. I mean, maybe you could prolong that if you switched back and forth between the heater and just using the seat heaters for a little while, because the seat heaters, I'm pretty sure, tax the HVAC system less than the uh, full and proper heating system itself does. I hope everybody stays safe out there this winter. That's really the bottom line. One more call this week. It comes from a regular caller, Damon from Northbrook, Illinois. Go ahead, Damon. Hey, Ryan. This is Damon out of Northbrook, Illinois here. Just wanting to talk about FSD beta and something I've seen on YouTube that's a little concerning. Specifically, a lot of channels show people really pushing FSD to its limits, which, I mean, they let the car do as much driving as possible within a very narrow safety margin. Uh, They intervene when there's safety issues, but a lot of times, like, the drivers just kind of let the cars, you know, meander all over the road, 
and, you know, um, get really close to objects that they shouldn't or pause in weird ways in traffic and just wait and wait and wait to see what the car will do. But essentially what they're doing is they're telling the car, hey, this behavior is okay. I'm not intervening, so it's fine. And um, I, I, I'm concerned that other people will watch those videos and think that that's the appropriate behavior to train the algorithm, but it, it really isn't. It just delays the development. Um, so as a PSA, just if you're driving FSD, just intervene anytime that the car feels uncomfortable, you know, put in that steering input when it's kind of wandering in its lane or, you know, um, pull, pull up uh, closer to the intersection when it's hanging back too far for the cameras to see safely. And, uh, hopefully that moves this whole process along, uh, faster. So, uh, anyhow, as always love the podcast, really appreciate all the hard work you're putting in and, uh, best regards. Thank you, Damon, and well said. Good words for anybody that may enter the program in the coming weeks. I'd also add that it's good to take snapshots of your driving using that camera button at the top of the UI on the FSD beta. That little camera icon doesn't show up on the regular production uh, software, but if you've got the FSD beta, it's up there for that purpose. Because what it does is it sends a clip to Tesla for them to hopefully, if not manually by human eyes, if you know at least looked at in a in a machine learning way, for Tesla to look at and learn from. But uh, you're right, intervening teaches it as the car because it, it logs every single disengagement, and Tesla is able to use that data to help figure out where to focus their training efforts. Thank you very much, Damon. Thanks to everybody that took the time to call in. Again, uh, I welcome your calls. I invite your calls. And I gave you the dial-in info at the top of the segment. So if you'd like to drop me a line, you can do so using that phone number or the email address. All right. Uh, I'm not quite done yet. I've got your pro tip of the week and a bit more coming up right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Well, not much happening with me and my car. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I have not yet received FSD beta 10.9, and I'm not alone in that. I almost wonder if maybe Tesla has paused the rollout for some reason. I mean, Elon did say they were making a change where it was going to roll out internally first, then slowly externally, uh, just in case anything cropped up, and maybe something did, who knows, but uh, I look forward to 10.9. One of the improvements, probably the most, uh, at least the biggest improvement from a from a sort of moment-to-moment driving perspective, rather than just kind of under-the-hood stuff, is that it's supposed to now, uh, on 10.9, creep out into an intersection when it's you know when it's uh, the lights green and you're you're trying to turn left, uh, which of course humans do, and it's kind of annoying if the person in front of you doesn't do that and they stay behind the line because of course then when it turns yellow, it usually only means the one person's going to get through rather than maybe a second and perhaps even third person. So, ten point nine is supposed to act a little more naturally with those uh, protected left turns. So we'll see. Uh, I'm eager to see that whenever I do get 10.9. Time for your pro tip of the week. It comes from Peter in South Wales in the UK. Hi, Ryan. It's Peter from South Wales. My tip is for those people who shop at Costco and have a Model 3. 
Now, if you shop at Costco, you generally get the toilet rolls and find that it's difficult to stash these in the car somewhere. But I've found that if you open the frunk and put the uh, rolls in there, they fit almost perfectly. Hope you find this useful. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> That's a good one, Peter. In fact, uh, it's, it's particularly relevant for me because I need to go to Costco and toilet paper is one of the things on my shopping list for this weekend. I, I would say just personally, I make probably quarterly runs to Costco and uh, I'll have to try that tip of yours the next time that I make a trip, whether it ends up being this weekend or not. So thank you very much for that. And thanks to anybody that does take the time to send in a pro tip of the week. I love this segment of the podcast. I hear from some listeners that enjoy it as well. We all get to learn something. So if you've got a pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Ride the Lightning listeners, you can call in and share it. Uh, and you call in the same way that you send in a regular Ride the Lightning hotline call using either my email address or the Ride the Lightning hotline dial-in number. Before I go, let me mention some friends of the podcast. Starting with abstractocean.com, purveyors of so many fine Tesla aftermarket accessories, whether it's the rear footwell lighting kit, the drop-in cup holder stabilizer, the uh, vinyl wrap kits for your center console, if you've got one of the old glossy ones, whether it's the new fourth generation tempered glass screen protector, etc., etc., etc. They have a lot of stuff for all four Tesla models. Just go browse around, take a look. Trust me, you will you will not regret the few minutes you spend poking around that site. Abstractocean.com. And if you've decided to buy anything, pile all your stuff into that shopping cart and use the coupon code. It's all one word here. RTL podcast. Use that coupon code at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. Thanks to Abstract Ocean for continuing to offer that to my audience. Uh, next up, the snap plate, the front license plate for people like me that hate having to have a front license plate. It snaps on and off in seconds, but when it snaps on, it snaps on securely. It won't mess with the paint, with the grill, with the radiator, with the autopilot sensors, nothing. It is just a nice, clean, minimalist design, blends nicely with the Tesla front end, and leaves nothing behind when it's removed. You can take it off for car shows. You can take it off when you're washing the car. You can put it back on at parking meters, put it back on if you're going to be going on a toll road or a bridge or something. So get yours again for all four Teslas. The URL is everyamp.com slash RTL. Don't forget that slash RTL. Everyamp, E-V-E-R-Y-A-M-P dot com slash RTL. And then, uh, like I said, new, new friend of the podcast here. I started mentioning this one last week. Budget Safe Solar. If you are considering solar for your home or business, yes, of course, you're going to consider Tesla Energy, Tesla Solar. But why not reach out to Budget Safe Solar as well? Friend of the podcast, their deal is simple. So they take the time to understand your specific situation. That's the goal. Think of them kind of like real estate agents, but for your solar needs. They're going to help you find the best option for you. Uh, they are independent consultants, they've, so they've got a lot of solutions to help everybody. 
They operate in all 50 states plus Puerto Rico. So odds are they're probably gonna be able to help you out. And it, by the way, it, you can contact them if you're interested in joining the, joining the growing solar industry as well. Learn more and or reach out at their website. It's budgetsafesolar.com, referral code RTL. Don't forget that if you do end up uh, c- dropping them a line and, uh, and reaching out about doing some business. How about Immaculate Reflections? If you and your car are in or going to be in the San Francisco Bay Area, why not treat both of you, treat treat you via your car and treat your car to a spa day, uh, as, as I have done with Immaculate Reflections. Just a fantastic detailer. Jeff is just wonderful, the owner and proprietor there. And it's uh, it's just simple. You just go to the website, irdetailing.com, Drop, a, drop Jeff a line, mention that you're a listener of the podcast, and whether you want to do ceramic coating and thus not have to wax the car for the next few years, whether you want to do paint correction, whether you want to do paint protection film or some combination thereof, mention that you're a listener of the podcast and there is a discount on that service waiting for you. So that's pretty cool. Again, irdetailing.com. If you want to take a look at some examples of Jeff's work, you can see them on his Yelp page, which is yelp.com slash immaculate reflections and or his Instagram where his handle is immaculate underscore reflections. There's probably a picture of my car on there. I actually don't even know. Uh, Next is pure Tesla. Don't forget to go to puretesla.com slash RTL if you need to take care of your dash cam and sentry mode situation, if you're not already squared away in that department, they have a 128 gigabyte micro SD based kit for 49 bucks shipped free anywhere in the US. That's a pretty good deal for, again, it's micro SD based, so it's just gonna be bulletproof, super reliable for many years to come, unlike USB flash memory, uh, which just does not, is not designed to hold up to that constant reading and writing that the dash cam and sentry mode are doing. So get your kit at puretesla.com slash RTL. They also have the nice uh, sort of slim Super Nintendo inspired wireless game controller kit for your Tesla as well. If you're a serious, if you do some serious gaming in the car, whether you're like waiting to pick your kids up at school every day or you're at superchargers a lot, whatever the case may be, don't miss that on the puretesla.com slash RTL website as well. Uh, Jada, they've got a bunch of great stuff. The Jada USB hub console, which has a storage organizer, USB hub, Apple watch charger, and AirPod charger all in one. Whether you want to get the Jada tray, which is a tech-focused center console organizer that just drops right in, fits perfectly. I've got one in my car. Uh, or they've got a uh, they've got an SSD drive. If you want to do that for your dash cam needs, they also, for those of us with older Model Threes that don't have the wireless charging pad built in for charging the cell phones, they've got the version four of their wireless charging pad which I love. I've got version three, version four is even better. So uh, I've got a coupon code for this. For any of the stuff you're gonna buy, coupon code RTL, very simple there. In return, all I ask is that you, if you are gonna buy anything, 
please do so through my referral link, which is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. That's uh, Jada spelled J-E-D-A. And finally, if you are not already following slash subscribing to the podcast, that is free on all the major podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify, which are both natively in your Tesla. And then I'm also on YouTube in audio only, of course. But if you do want to listen there, just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube. You'll find my channel. Subscribe. Boom. Done. Again, you can email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And then my Twitter and Instagram handle, if you'd care to follow me there, is DMC underscore Ryan on either of those social media platforms. And finally, the Patreon. That is, uh, as I mentioned at this point of the show, this uh, this is the way you can support the podcast if you feel so inclined. And I hope you will at some point. Maybe 2022 is the year We're flipping to a new year and you think, you know what, Ryan, I've been listening to you for a while. I like the podcast. I listen every week. I'm going to support you. You can do that on my Patreon page, which is found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. The support tiers start at five bucks a month. That's what I call the sport tier. They're all named after acceleration modes in Tesla's. Uh, five bucks a month for the sport tier, or you can, for any of them, you can do an annual subscription, an annual pledge, I should say, not subscription, annual pledge. If you just want to pay once and be done with it, if you do pay once for, for the whole year, you get a 5% discount. So that's kind of a, a, hopefully a nice little incentive on that. The next tier up is the ludicrous tier that gets you early access from that $5 tier and access to the bonus episode every month as well. And it just keeps going. It goes on up. There are a few few more tiers after that. So I would humbly request that at some point, take a look at that page. Just have a look. See if any of that appeals to you that you might want to support me at some point. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And that brings me to the part where I thank the high-level Patreon supporters, the Plaid, Maximum Plaid, and Roadster in Space tier backers. I'll start with the Plaid crew. Thank you so much to George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, David Nondal, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, The Lydia Family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack. Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, The Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Paul Casarino, Ryan Natchett, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelesny, Rick Dean, not Elon Musk, in quotes, and T. Kirk Lowry. Thanks to all of you. And on the Maximum Plaid side, thank you to the newest Maximum Plaid tier backer who sent me a very kind note as well, Kim Bay. Kim, thank you so much for your Maximum Plaid generosity. 
alongside the other very generous Maximum Plaid backers, Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, John Schmidt, Stan Roth, The Galpin Family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Hay Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Zachary Howard, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron Huxley, Aaron, John Cody, Sonar Tech 77, Andre Kent, and Joel Sapp. And finally, an extra big thanks to the Roadster in Space tier backers. Very sincere thank you to Pete White, Lyle Austin, and if you're curious what the Roadster in Space tier is, again, take a look at that Patreon page. Thank you to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Scooter Ward, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Crafty Geek, Richard Stokes, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, and Howard Anthony Smith. Thanks to everybody supporting the Patreon at any tier. It Every little bit adds up. It makes a wonderful difference in uh, my life and my family's life here in the most expensive city in America, San Francisco. So I do genuinely appreciate everybody that's backing me on Patreon. And that will wrap it up for Ride the Lightning episode 338. For, of course, always at this point of the show, a snoozing Daisy the Boxer puppy to my left. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Uh, Next week's going to be fun. The product roadmap update promised by Elon on the earnings call. Elon making his return to the quarterly earnings call. So I should have, hopefully, an extra fun show for you next week. I'll pull out all the best audio clips from the earnings call. I'll uh, analyze all the information from the shareholder letter. It'll be a great show. It's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that coming up next week. And until then, happy electric motoring. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.